Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along to the Monday morning episode. Um, we, we were going to do it about, I don't know, maybe about 45 minutes ago. We got slightly delayed. I was delayed, and I apologise to you, Sam. Then you mm. were delayed as well, and you've well, apologised to me. So well, now we should apologise to the Cunters, I suppose. Yeah, well, nah, they can get it nah. when they get it. We're not under no, any time true. obligations. We, we, There's a certain amount that if you're a paying customer, you're, you expect to get a week. But I don't yeah. think we've ever committed to time frames. We've never really done that. Sometimes you'll get it early. You'll get it the night before if it's recorded the night before. If you're a last paying night, customer, I, yeah. We, we couldn't record it last night because I went to see Elton John at the Stadium of Light. At the Stadium of Light. The I'd forgotten. So when you Light. said you were going, I thought oh, it must be in Newcastle. But there's something even more special about him actually rocking up into Sunderland yeah. at your home ground. That's special, yeah. mate. It was dead weird because you go along to your home ground and yeah. it's an event that isn't a football match and everything's the same yeah. but slightly skewed. You've got to go in a different entrance and they've got like different queuing procedures. Yeah. And you feel as though you're going home. You know, it's your football home. Mm. But there's this other thing going on. Do you know what it's like? Every, everything's it's weird. It's like if you ever go to your school but it's not a school day. It's either mm. a school play that you're going to see. Yeah. Or you'll go into the summer fate. Yeah, right? or you go along with your parents to vote. Yeah. Because the school's in it. And suddenly yeah, there's um, bits that are accessible that aren't usually accessible. Yeah. Feels yeah, it really like weird. That, it, that, that's exactly what it was like, because the entrance that we went in was like one of the big access ramps that mm. um, pe- people don't usually get in, like machinery and equipment normally go in. You went Fire, up the machinery it's, ramp. It's 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 the the ramp that they take. You know the the pitch heaters that they put on the grass and all oh, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. It's the big wide access area that people mm. don't normally get in. So we went in through that and I was like, oh, never been down this bit. Before. Wide access. So yeah, it was it was like wide VIP. access. VIP. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so it was good, but um, I'm pleased to report that um, pretty much all of the gig cunts boxes were ticked. Right. Uh, Elton was brilliant. Elton yeah. was fucking outstanding, to be honest. I, was, I wasn't I was expecting him to be great, because if you remember that thing he did during the uh, the lockdown when he did I'm Still Standing, mm. and and he was giving it all, I'm still standing! Oh, um, yeah, yeah. It was all... It was well, all, you thought his voice had there? gone to fuck or something. We thought he was... His voice was incredible. Mm. I mean, this is his last ever tour, but, you know, he's going out on a massive high if this is his last ever tour. My favourite bit of Elton was um, just to the left of his... Well, two things. First of all, his grand piano was a mobility piano, and he was riding it around the stage. Oh, that's amazing! Of course he fucking was. (laughs) So that everyone on either side of the ground 
got to have a good look at him. Was it remote controlled? Did he control it himself? I don't think he controlled it himself. I think he had a third party that was He's a bit like it. Brian Potter from um, Phoenix Nights, exactly isn't he? Exactly that. <laughs> with a grand piano instead. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's riding the piano around the stage at times. And the other bit was, next to the piano, he had like a, um, an ice bucket with his with a glass in. Mm. There must have been two glasses because he was drinking at one point from the glass. But then on two occasions, and we saw this close-up, I was quite near the front, but we also saw this close-up on the big screen. At the end of a song, he would turn, and he gobbed into this fucking glass that was in the ice bucket. I don't know what he was gobbing. Yeah. Oh, my God. It almost looked like like something tangible had come out of his mouth, like a tooth, like he'd sang a tooth out or something like that. Fucking hell. It was mental. So there was that. There was the thing I sent you the photograph of, which I don't want to talk about. On the podcast, no, you shouldn't talk reasons. about that. Yeah, <laughs> but um, loads of gig cunts. There was um, quite near, near me, behind there was the uh, the gig talker who <laughs> likes to talk throughout the songs. Uh, there's one song that Elton did, which uh, he proceeded to tell his friends that Kanye West had sampled, mm. and then um, it was someone saved my life last night. I think. Oh yeah, someone saved my life. And um, he then proceeded to talk about the sample, which bit was the sample. Mm. He told us all about the Kanye song itself and talked all the way through the song. But you know when you talk about gig cunts, obviously mm. I do sympathise and I know what you mean, but it, it also, what it makes me think is Andy is the gig grump. I am the gig grump. <laughs> you're, the I'll, gig, I'll, you're the gig grinch. I'm the gig police. Because Almost. people are just there having a good time, and you're like, Bruh. yeah, I'm I'm there having a good time, but there's other people who are there who are completely self-absorbed, don't give a fuck about the enjoyment of anybody else except themselves, mm. and the, the other the other fucking thing which which fucking put the hat on what this gig talker was was the bit where Elton introduces his band. Yeah. yeah, it's not for everyone. It's an opportunity for some people to go to the toilet or go to the bar. Yeah. But, you know, have a bit of respect. These are the people who are entertaining you. So yeah. maybe give them a round of applause. Yeah. And the gig cunt talked through the entirety of Elton introducing his band, including his drummer, who's been with him since 1969, and it's from Sunderland as well. So Do you think he interest. was pissed slash on drugs no don't think so didn't appear to be just like the sound of his own fucking voice all the way through the fucking show uh, so he talked all the way through that as well um, the other the other one was the the lone what I call the lone stander because mm. it was a seated gig and oh and he the, stood the, up the, the lone stander who it was him and his, his partner and they just stood up for most of the, the songs where everybody else was sat down. And they could see everybody in front was sat down. They could see that everyone around them was sat down. It's almost like saying, hey, these people behind me, they've paid the same amount of money for their ticket. The tickets weren't cheap. They've paid the same amount of money. But it says on the ticket, their ticket says on the front, some cunts back. You didn't say Elton John. Their ticket is to see some cunts back, and that's what I'm giving them. I'm going to stand up all the way through because I'm a cunt and they can look at me back instead they can can just imagine what Elton John looks like they've probably seen him before there's pictures of him on the internet they can have a look at them so uh, yeah yeah I am the gig grump I'm absolutely the gig grump you're still grumpy now 
I'm still grumpy now. I think, and there was some other fuckers who were, um, at one point, this couple, they stood up with their back to the stage so they could get a selfie of themselves with Elton John as the kind of the backdrop of their oh, selfie. Yeah. yeah. And I, and then they started offering to take photographs of other people if they wanted the same. <laughs> they were providing this impromptu photography service. Mm. And some people were taking that one of them. Some people were like, no, I'm, no, go away. I'm, mm. I'm busy. And then they were, no, no, go on, go on. We'll do it for you. <laughs> so they, they fucking relented. But different, the problem taken. with gigs is, mate, is different people enjoy gigs on different levels. I mean, in many ways, it's like the, the football's the same. Mm. You're surrounded by all sorts of different people at football. And some people, you know, nowadays a lot of people are like off their tits. Some people are up singing, being like aggressive. Other people are like being weird and fucking analysing the the shape of the team, right? Some people are just use it. I mean, you know, I very much often use it as a chance to catch up with mates at the football. Yeah. And and I know, you know, some people will go to King Bing, I really want to listen to the music. I want to absorb the performance. I want to really focus on it and other yeah. people are like this is great I'm pissed there's a great guy here who's one of my favourite artists playing music but I'm not one to sit and really really focus I just get swept mm, up no. in the atmosphere and the fun and camaraderie I, you're halfway there I think I think what it is for some people now it's just an occasion to go to and it's not like he's one of my favourite artists it's like oh it's Elton John he's massive I'll go along to this so that it's I can for the gram. have gone it's for the gram so it's for the gram it's completely for the gram it's, it's and that's what they were literally doing they were stood there with their back to the fucker mm. using him as the subject of their fucking gram picture yeah and it's, it's like we'll just go along to this thing and yeah, he's Elton John, but th- there he is. He's up there. But the music, uh, that's just a secondary thing. Yeah. It's like, it's a soundtrack they, they, to this they, event. They, 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 don't know, they don't know the songs. They like seeing him and David Furnish in Hello Magazine. Yeah. Or, or wherever they know, it is. They know three of the songs. What and songs? the fucking, the extrapolation between, I mean, gig prices now are eye-watering sometimes. But the extrapolation between the price of gigs going up and the fucking self-absorbed, absolute gig cunt fuckery oh my by God. certain people is is just they've gone hand in hand. They well, both have gone through the roof. Don't know what to tell you, mate. So you yes, might have to yes, stop I going. Am the gig group. You might you might have to stop going to gigs. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. That's, I've had enough. Um, I have got two gigs coming up this week. Don't go to them. I, It'll I, be I, awful. Well, Jesus. one of them. One of them. I've, I've had a right result on both. They're both free. They're the best kind. The best kind, right? <laughs> One you're going to really I do, like. I'm going to just say, now and again, I do get free gigs for various reasons, and I try not to get upset by people at those ones. <laughs> One <laughs> of these gigs is some, I mean, It's a gig that you've been to. I think you've been to the exact gig at the exact venue. Came up yesterday, my brother Theo just said, look, last minute, couple of tickets come spare. Mm. And he's asked me and my good wife to go, and we were like all over it. And I think it's yeah. going to be sensational. The other one uh, is going to be—I know instinctively—is going to be very similar to the experience you've just described, Elton John. Mm. Right. So the first one is Thursday, yeah. and it is ABC with orchestra doing "Look at Love," yeah. doing "Let's Gonna Love" at the Albert Hall. Yes. You did. You saw that exact gig, didn't you? I did. Yeah, they did that at Newcastle. Yeah, so I've, I've seen soon. them 
Oh, I thought you'd seen it at Albert Hall for some reason. But no. I, I, I've I, seen ABC twice, I think. And I've got to be honest, as much as I love ABC and Let's and Love's one of my all-time favourite albums, It Was Our Wedding Song, etc. Wow. The... the uh, the, the, the thing about ABC, if you see them on the Steel City tour, which I did, first of all, mm. it's really hard to be on the same bill as Human League, right? Because Human League are fucking just incredible live. They will blow you away. Right? Yeah. And, and it's like my brother said this to me yesterday. So the thing is, you've got to see ABC doing Let's Go Love with the orchestra because you can't yeah. see ABC anything other than massive. Do you know what I mean? So when yeah, it's just exactly. them and like a guitarist, bassist, keyboardist and Martin Fry... It, yeah. that's that's not quite the ABC sound you're looking for so it's almost yeah. like so I'd seen them twice I wouldn't say I was disappointed I was very slightly underwhelmed I feel awful saying that but I was both times I saw them but now this is the one this is the one that yeah. I've always wanted to see the whole of I haven't seen it I agree in yeah. order right yeah. I guess and so that, I'm very excited about that so I think that'll be good and Albert Hall is such a great venue and, however and the, the, the orchestra is arranged and conducted by Anne Dudley who mm. uh, was on the original album. Out of Coronation album. Street. Not, oh, no. 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 And Dudley out of Coronation Street. I don't know. Yeah. Dudley out of no, I don't Street know. It just sounds like someone from Coronation Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and Dudley. <laughs> we got no, Anne Dudley then... in to do the violins. <laughs> you know, she used to run the corner shop for 18 months. Uh, the cabin. She worked at Baldwin's factory. She stitching knickers. She ran the cabin when Emily got cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Rita, not uh, Emily. Rita, where did Emily uh, work? There was an Emily. Em- Emily, I think yeah, Emily, Emily worked for Rita in I the cabin. Emily worked. Emily was a hospital volunteer. Okay, she just was just fucking busied around. Uh, she was one of those characters. You think I don't even know why they're bothering with this character? She never has a storyline. She just hangs about. Well, that was well. Emily's character was her husband was called oh, it's called Leonard. I think he was called, and he got shot. In one of the most one of the most dramatic things I'd ever seen at the time of my life, I was six, <laughs> and there was a there was a robbery. Was he called Leonard? Leonard Bishop? I think he might have been. Was he shot Ernest, dead? Uh, Ernie Bishop. Ernie Bishop well, yeah. was shot dead. Uh, Ernie Bishop did the. Um, he was the the wages clerk at Mike Baldwin's knicker factory, right? right? Yeah. And two fellas with shotguns burst in mm. to rob the wages. Yeah. As people did back in then. In the 70s, everyone just robbed fucking it wages was, non-stop. It was wages, robberies and chip pan fires everywhere you went. It's just what, what the whole of the Sweeney <laughs> just, was about. And then as soon as digital it. fucking payments came in, that fucked the Sweeney. Completely. So uh, they tried to rob Ernie and accidentally one of the shotguns went off and he got shot and he died. And I was watching this when I was fucking six and it was the most shocking thing I'd ever seen. Mm. Oh, so, well, now uh, I feel that, bad Emily about slagging Rita. I feel bad because that happened a bit before I started watching, so I just started getting into it around the early 80s. And by yeah. that stage, she was just a widow, and I didn't know her backstory. She was just a widow. So I'm she like, was... oh, fuck, you know, you're a bit boring. And like, she would have been like, well, yeah, maybe I am a bit boring, yeah. but maybe you'd be boring too if you'd been widowed when your husband had been shot dead in a yeah. fucking knicker factory robbery, you cunt. And I'll yeah, be like, alone, yeah. I'm just fucking, yeah, I'm yeah, just, just, just widowing around. I'm just trying to fucking survive, mate. Yeah. I'm lucky to have my job at the cabin. No, it wasn't. That was Rita. Oh. I thought she worked <laughs> for Rita, mate. No, that was Mavis who worked for Rita. 
Oh yeah, of course. Ray, Mavis, yeah. Mavis, yeah, that's classic. Oh yeah, because that's Les Dennis did Mavis and, and yeah. Rita, didn't they? Mavis, Mavis never married until Derek turned up. Yeah, and then she got married to Derek. She never took her husband. They were both as pathetic as each other. Yeah. But I just read yesterday Thelma Barlow, who played um, Mavis, mm. was 93 years old yesterday. Is she still in that? it? Nah, she's not in it anymore. She left and then she was in Dinner Ladies with Victoria Wood. Oh, yeah, she, she was, was funny, just wasn't as good she? Yeah. Um, anyway, do you want to hear but the gig I, that I'm going to that will be, definitely before, be full of... All right, I'll you just, just finish and I'll tell you. And, and Dudley, who used to be in Coronation oh, yeah. Street and does the orchestra for ABC, then went on to become part of Art of Noise and worked on loads of um, mm. stuff on ZTT so, but records. Wait, first she was in Corrie, then, then she, she arranged the orchestra the for noise. ABC, and then she was in Art of Noise. Then she was in Art of Noise. What a career. And then she did the strings on one of the greatest records of all time, Getting Away With It by Electronic. And then she so, was briefly in El Dorado. Back to Manchester. She was briefly in El Dorado, uh, cameo role. <laughs> Yeah, but then we all were, weren't we? Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Jalapeño. All right, go on then. Tell us what else. What's the other on one? On Sunday, I'm going to see the Eagles at Hyde mm. Park, right? Wow. Um, I'm lucky because my mate does the, PE, the PR for the... Um, oh, you always said the PE. The Why PE. Why do the PE for the Eagles? Yeah, he does, yeah. They, they, well, because they're quite get, old. Get them with these star jumps. Right. Get your kit on. What's that? <laughs> Oh, Don's forgotten his fucking kit. Well, you can do right. it in your pants then. Do it in your pants, Don. Have you, have you at least got your black elasticated plimsolls? All right, well, you're going to have to do it barefoot, aren't you? All right, we're going to start off with some basic roly-polies. <laughs> Joe Walsh, show him how you do a roly-poly. That's perfect. <laughs> Don, now you do it. No, Don, all the way over. No, just just believe in yourself. Just let yourself go. You're, you're not, not going to break your back. You're very flexible on, just, still. Just do it. Right, okay. Once you've done it once, it's easy. Just just do that first one and then the rest's easy. Right, and now you're all warmed up. We're going to see you can get up the rope. 
Right. <laughs> oh, Joe, you were quick up there. You're like a rat up a fucking drain pipe, mate. That's very good. <laughs> I tell you, you used to be good about this. Glenn Frey. But Glenn's dead now. So, Don, you're going to have to show us how Glenn would have done it. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, my mate does the PR for the British summertime thing. So I managed... That was when I... I, I man, he got me tickets a couple of years ago for lockdown to see Stevie Wonder there, which I've told you about. Stevie Wonder was in a right yeah. old two and eight, and he announced on yeah. stage that he had cancer, and then he started crying. And I was like, well, this is a bit of a fucking... I thought I was going to be here dancing to Sir Duke or something, you know, like, um, you know, one of his great sort of, you know, hotter than July tracks, Master Blaster. But in fact, he's there crying his eyes out saying he's got cancer and he'll probably never tour again. He couldn't sing, the poor bugger, so he had to get on various other singers to do most of it for him. The best thing about it was that... um, The best thing about it was that uh, uh, Lionel Richie supported him and Lionel Richie was very much still on his A-game. And he absolutely fucking rocked it. It was one of those ones where you turned up to see one artist, but the Mm -hmm. support artist was what ended up being special. But I've been to these British summertime gigs at uh, Hyde Park a few times over the years and very much gig cunt. I mean, you would... Yeah, like, yeah There's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot the of shimmying yeah. and, and shuffling around for real estate as well because you're all standing in a park and some cunts think, right, I'm getting out a massive picnic and I'm, but yeah. you're fucking squished in. And someone goes, no, I don't care. I've got a load of beers. I've got a fucking... I've got a blanket... I've got a load of sandwiches and all the rest of it, and mm. this space is ours. And you're like, mate, there is simply not enough space here for any cunt to be setting up a picnic. But yeah. woe betide if you accidentally, someone nudges you and your foot goes slightly into their fucking picnic space. Ooh. Then yeah. there's all like sort of subtle passive-aggressive shoving. Passive-aggressive shit. Where yeah, they're yeah. pretending not to shove, but really they are. A lot of people pissed. You think there's a very strong chance that there could be aggro, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's all over the place. However, you go there for certain acts. So, like, I I went there for Stevie Wonder and Lionel Richie. The Eagles were a band. Strangely, when I was a kid, I was really into the Eagles. But my older brothers <clears throat> were very into the Eagles because, of course, when they were teenagers in the 70s, the Eagles were pretty much the biggest band in the world, weren't they? And mm. um, so my mate offered me tickets for me to go with uh, my missus and my kids, but I thought, fuck, they're not going to want want to do that. No, I'd bore them shitless. So it was it? quite nice because I said, can I take my brothers instead? And he said, yeah. And so for the first time since long before lockdown, I mean years, mm. me and all three of my brothers are going out for a night out together. Oh, that's and lovely. On Sunday, that's it's good. really nice. And they love, particularly my brother Cass and my brother Fair, they love the fucking Eagles. Yeah. And so it's the four of us going out yeah. to Hyde Park, and that should be a laugh. So I'm really looking forward to that. But that one, those gigs at Hyde Park are very much gig cunt territory. I think you'd have an explosion if you had to attend one of them. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you've just described what it is. It's just like the the, the gig is it's it's a day out, it's a night out, and the the actual yeah. musical act, no matter how legendary they might be, mm. is a secondary consideration. It's yeah. just. It's like we're, it's like we're going to see Elton John. Oh, brilliant! But then, yeah, yeah, that's that a side show. It's Elton like John. if you've ever been—I don't yeah. know if you've ever been to an American sporting event, right? I—I've uh, been. I once went to the baseball years ago. I went to see the California Angels, and I was like, I was like, oh, it's not like being at a, a British sporting event where you're all kind of focused on this sport. 
you're there in a stadium and the sport is kind of nominally the focus or the purpose for you being there. Yeah. But in fact, there's people are like, they walk in and out throughout, they're having drinks, they're having hot dogs, they're chatting, they're mucking about and there's a baseball game going on, you're kind of keeping half an eye on the score. But it's not that like total fucking hell, I'm absorbed in the sporting event. And it's sort of like a vehicle. It's a vehicle for a for a day out, which can it's a be vehicle for selling can beer be frustrating. I mean, I you, it, the, the high park is huge. It's too big. Um, I am really looking forward to it because I like the band and Don Henley and Joe Walsh are still in it, so it's still going to be like I think. And and I'm just looking forward to being out. My brothers, my mate, you saw it out. Nick's going to be there, so we're going to have a laugh. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of people who are just like, oh yeah. This is like a picnic. Really, it's not a picnic. It's a fucking massive, like, let's get slaughtered drunk because you can bring your own yeah. cans in and then just, like, you know, use it as an excuse to just get slaughtered drunk on a fucking... Uh, and then probably end up having a fight. I am... Um, the first I, I one I went I'm to there... The, I suspect I'm going to the wrong gigs. I'm going to the wrong type of gigs now. I'm going Small to gigs legacy, are good. legacy artists. Yeah. Small gigs are so that, that attracts them, yeah. When I went to the yeah. Six Music Festival a couple of times... It's all kind of dotted around in smallish venues on the whole. Yeah. And most people there are like really very much there for the music. You see slightly exactly. smaller bands, you get really, really into it, and they were better. I mean, I went to my brother Fair goes through a lot of like small gigs around London where it's like eight quid or ten quid or something, a ticket. Yeah. Like I went to see the Black Pumas, who are an absolutely brilliant band, who I can't remember if you know them or not, but you'd love them. And I saw him in a fucking pub in Islington for like 12 quid. And there was only about fucking 60 of us in this pub. And they were like amazing. They put on like a yeah. fucking knockout show. But everyone who's there, there's only six people are like bang into it. So gigs like that are good. I went, the, the midway thing is I did go to one of these park things, but it was in Kew Gardens, which is quite near where I live, which is a beautiful place. So it's not like too big. It wasn't huge. Mm. And it was my daughter's first gig quite a few years ago, about four or five years ago. I took her to see All Saints, right? Oh, right, At yeah. Kew Gardens, mm -hmm. supported by Sophie Ellis-Bexter. Mm -hmm. And it was fucking great because you weren't too squished in. People were dotted around with blankets or what have you. People were yeah. loving it. Sophie Ellis-Bexter finished her set and then she just wandered around in the crowd. And my, oh, daughter, wow. and my daughter, like, she was just there with her kids and she was, like, wanting to watch All Saints afterwards. So she was wandering yeah. about. And my oh, daughter like loved her, and I yeah. but was extremely shy. And so I said, "Come, come on, Dabby, like that. I'll go and introduce you to old Sophie Ellis Bexter." Went over, oh, nice one. And it was like I think the first time my daughter had sort of met someone who you know famous, who she sort of was a fan of, yeah. and she kind of like got her autograph and had a little chat with her. And that like is a smaller sort of vibe that is very good. And obviously, All Saints are unreal. I've seen All Saints my live about three times, I think. My my love for All Saints increased recently. Did you see the the top of the pop story of nineteen ninety nine that was on BBC Two like no. last week, end of the weekend before? No, they've been going through each of the years of the nineties, um, varying degrees of quality of mm. guest. <laughs> um, Keith Allen seems to be on every week for some reason. Fuck's sake. Um, and oh, we've talked about it before. And All Saints were on, and oh, it's all four of them sitting together in the same room. Yeah, and they're just obviously just so fucking loving being in each other's company yeah after 
so many years of you know 25 years since they they broke through and they're just having such a laugh yeah and just so relaxed and laid back in that way that i've said before that i love hearing older artists because the, the ego has disappeared yeah yeah and they've, they've they've come to terms with who they are and where their place is yeah and they just they just fucking take the piss out of themselves and all sids were exactly that on this documentary and i just found myself loving them they're just so amazing i, I mean I, I always great. their music their look but also just their fucking vibe you always had the sense they were just like the best laugh yeah i used to see them around because a couple of them like the english ones hung around a lot in west london during their peak i never sort of got to know them but i sort of like used to see them in the pub and stuff like that and they yeah. always just seemed yeah. like even when they were famous, they'd just be hanging around in jeans and trainers playing pool and having yeah. a laugh. And well, they, were, they, were, they were talking about when they did Under the Bridge, the Red yeah. Hot Chili Peppers song, and they covered that. And it was one of the Appleton sisters who come up with the idea because she was a massive Chili Peppers fan, so they did yeah. it and they recorded it. Got a number one, I think. And they were just on the early stage of promoting it out there and somebody had a word with her about it. And she says, so I come in and I says, you don't can't believe this. This song we're doing, it's all about heroin. <laughs> 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 I had no idea <laughs> they're basically yeah they're the fucking best I've seen them a few times they all, they're a great live act as well they're basically <laughs> yeah I mean let's be honest the All Saints fucking smashed the Spice Girls I've got to be honest oh um, yeah yeah uh, what else what were I going to say? say there was something else was it the reason for us being late or something you were going to talk about no or? there's two other things Yo, just uh, that's just a quick thing now it's because I got you know there was all this talk of a fan so I finally got the silent fan I was oh, right, remember yeah. I had to get the lower budget one well it's a mm. huge success story and the reason I was late was oh, it turned out it was much cheaper than the Dyson it turned out last night and this morning Len's got another fucking inset day unbelievable no way yeah and he needed something to do because he just literally it was quite funny when we were in Hungary my father-in-law who's a top bloke this sort of kind of very wise old Hungarian dude. He said it with the best will in the world because he absolutely loves Len and gets on with him really well. But he said to me really casually one day, I always noticed what's interested is that between the ages of seven and ten, children <laughs> just adore annoying people. That's just what becomes their main focus is just to annoy. Uh-huh. They find it wonderful. And I was like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> because right. if Len's got nothing to do that's what he'll do if he's got yeah. nothing to occupy his brain which is a very busy brain he'll think I'm yeah. fucking bored shitless here I'm just going to like annoy everyone because that's what amuses me so you have to give him something to fucking so this silent fan turned up which he was tremendously excited about and had been talking about every day when's this silent fan turned up Fucking, I'm shit at assembling <laughs> things, right? Because, you know, I've got no fucking attention span. I lose my temper really quickly. Ah, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to leave that half assembled over there. So I said to Len, open this box and put that fan together. I'm going to make a coffee. So I fucked off to make a coffee. I came back. The cunts put it all together for me. Wow. Right? He's put it together. It's remote control. He's even got the fucking battery in the remote control. And when you said you were ready to podcast, he was just putting the finishing touches and giving me a, t- a walkthrough of how of the right. different settings. And I was so proud of him and so delighted. And also, it's like really good because, like I say, I'm shit at that sort of thing. I'm the sort of kind of I can't be bothered reading instructions. I just start fucking trying to put it together based on instinct. If it doesn't work yeah. out straight away, I get angry and frustrated. But Len's much more methodical. He's got a brain like his mum's, and he just right. went yeah. through it step by step by step. So that's why I was late. But the good news is the fan 
is extremely good and is not going to impinge upon our... I'll turn it on now. Is it being deployed now? It was on at the beginning of the pod. And now it's... um, Because my laptop fan is whirring while we're recording this because the laptop seems to be overheating a bit. So if there's going to be any fan noise in this episode, it's from me. Okay. Andy, it's on. Right. Well, I can't hear anything at all. No. Uh, But I couldn't hear the last one much either. But if there's anything, it'll pick up in the recording. I can't hear it. I trust you completely. And it's moving constantly as well. Is it giving cold air? Yeah. It's it's fucking great. I'm delighted with it. Get in there. I'm absolutely delighted with it. It was another gig thing. Oh, no, the other, you were talking about legacy uh, acts there. So yeah. I've been telling you about this Rock on Tours podcast, right? And Oh, yeah, the Gary that, Kemp thing. Yeah, at the weekend, the latest, and I, I went and listened to the um, I listened to the Jim Kerr one because I think we'd been talking oh, about Jim Kerr oh, for various reasons. You I went to see him recently. Yeah. It's the longest episode they've done. Right. And it is fucking brilliant. Oh, I knew it would be. Knew it would be. It Jim is Kerr's so fantastic. good, and and also I didn't know a huge amount. You probably know a lot of it, but I didn't know the huge sort of quite complex uh, history of Simple Minds and all the different sort of iterations they've been through and stuff. So yeah. it was a really interesting for me sort of primer on Simple Minds history. I didn't know. Again, you'll probably know that they the only song they ever released that they didn't write themselves was "Don't You Forget About Me," yeah, which was written for Brian Ferry for the soundtrack yeah. of Breakfast Club. And they and Brian Ferry couldn't do it, and they turned it down three or four times. They said, we don't record other people's songs, right? Yeah. And in the end, they relented. Because I think Chrissy Hind, who was married to Jim Kerr, said, you should really do it. It's a great... It's going to be a hit, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so they said, fuck it, all right, we'll do it. And, you can, and he said, you know, you can hear the demo that the two songwriters made. It's on YouTube, right? Right. So I went and I listened to it. And they said everyone who listened to it was like, yeah, this is a definite hit, but who's going to do it? Brian Ferry thought it was a hit, but he couldn't do it for something to do with his schedule. Billy Idol, silly bastard, turned it down. And hilariously, years later, like in the noughties, he thought, fuck, it, it obviously already ki- always killed him that he'd turned it down, right? The <laughs> chance to do that song for The Breakfast Club, right? So they fucking... He released it in Germany. He thought, fuck it, I'll do a cover and release it in Germany. Because it had obviously <laughs> bugged him. In Germany. It had bugged him so much for so many years. He's like, I've, I've got to do it. And it didn't get it didn't get anywhere, right? No. Oh. But anyway, Jim Kerr goes, yeah, so uh, in the end we said, all right, we'll do it. I heard the demo. I thought it's a great song. And we went in and started recording it. And our style was to usually just start playing and see where it went. And I was filling certain bits by going, you know, Hey, 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 hello. But that's what I always did in the studio. And at the end, I just started filling other bits because they carried on the solo for so long. I was just stood there like a spare prick. So I just started going, <laughs> la, 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 la. And I thought, I'll fill, this is just our first draft. I'll fill the, I'll do some lyrics in that bit tomorrow. And I came in the next day and the producers were like, that's staying in. That's the best bit, right? And <laughs> yeah. Gary Kemp, who's very business-minded, said, so did yeah. you get any publishing rights on it? Because often <laughs> you will, if you're a big artist, even if you didn't write it, they'll offer you a cut of the publishing rights because that's yeah. where the money is and that's an incentive yeah. for you to record it. And he went, nah, they offered us some and we turned it down. 
and there's just a really long silence because Ga- there's such a long silence because Gary Kemp is clearly one of these guys who is just totally money oriented. brings up money all the time yeah. and he, there's a really long silence and Gary Kemp finally goes but Jim I looked here on Spotify and it's had over half a billion plays yeah. it's one of the most listened to songs on Spotify ever and he went okay. I, I know that but listen it's a geezer's song some geezer sat down and wrote that and who are we to take even a penny away from him because it's a great song he went that said I think I'm going to be honest and I don't think anyone could deny that the best fucking bit in the song is me saying (laughs) la 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 (laughs) la 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 he goes it's the best bit and Gary Kevin the other guy going it is the best bit he goes of course it's the best bit everyone knows that So I would have been justified in taking a cut, but I didn't it because it's some geezer's song. He wrote that song. Let him have it. We've been yeah. very well looked after in I've other ways. I've done all right. Yeah, in that's what he areas. says. I mean, yeah. the bloke is living ultimate uh, just stressed. He got to the end that's of the, the 90s. Weird. He said, yeah. my second marriage was over. The band was going nowhere. We didn't even have a record contract. I thought, you know what? I'm going to move to Sicily. So yeah. he just moved to Sicily because he thought he, they had enough money. Right, him yeah. and Charlie, they just had enough money. So he just moved to Sicily, stopped doing anything to do with music. And do you know what he did? He just joined the village. He became friends with all the local villagers and he joined the village five-a-side team. And for yeah, about yeah. five years at the beginning of the noughties, because there was nothing going on musically and for a while Simple Minds were like a forgotten band, he just lived yeah. in luxury in this little village in Sicily and his main yeah. activity was playing the inter-village Sicilian five-a-side. Yeah, yeah. Every week they would play a different village. And That's every week right. at the end of the game, an Italian geezer from the opposition would come up to him with a cassette and go, hey, I, 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 hey Mr. Mr. Kerr, I have the demo for you to listen to. And he'd just be like <laughs> Obi-Wan in that new Obi-Wan series. He'd just go, "Yeah, no, I don't do that anymore. That's that's not me. That's that I, yeah. I'm not involved. I don't know anything about music. I can't help you. But of course, you are the great the Jim Kerr from Simple Minds. <laughs> and he'd go, no, that's a, that Jim Kerr doesn't exist anymore. That's not me. Fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking great. Definitely going to listen to that. Yeah, then. you should. It's great. Nice one. Um, I reckon that's about it for this yeah, one. Yeah, 35 solid minutes. Mainly music chat. If you're a first-time yeah, listener, we don't, we're don't. we not a music podcast, but we do like music, so sometimes you'll get an episode like this. But a lot of the time... We like all kinds of things. We, we, talk, we like fans as much as music, as in fans mm. that blow cold air. And... A lot of different household items, gadgetry, uh, are discussed on other episodes. Just FYI. Mm. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market